Welcome down to North Star Community. I am Scott. I am Teresa. Um, We are bringing you a podcast recap. We know that we are behind. And part of what we're trying to do just to get stuff out there to you is to maybe combine the highlights of different weeks into one podcast recap. You know, when we do a message series, we end up repeating ourselves a lot. Um, We know that not everybody's able to be here um, on on any given week. And so, you know, we do a lot of recapping in person. And so maybe what we're trying to do is kind of like a little bit of a highlight reel of a series rather than continue to, you know, when you're listening to podcasts back and back, it might end up getting pretty repetitive. So maybe one way we're, we're trying to get podcasts out more often and get all of the ideas out there is to start combining together. So we're combining together a couple of messages from early February today. One thing that we want to say before we get started, we are recording this in the midst of everybody doing self-quarantining, and um, we are not meeting for, um, well, really any groups right now. We are, I'm still meeting with people one-on-one. Are you still comfortable with that? I don't know where you're at. I am still meeting with people one-on-one, properly hand-washed, big distance, not in my cozy little office, but in my larger meeting area. Okay. Asymptomatic people, although we know, yes, yes, you don't need to email me. We know that people can be contagious and not have symptoms. But, you know, there there is this sense that um, I think the one-on-one meetings uh, are usually requested of us in times of distress. And, yeah. And uh, so we'll still do that with, with all the necessary precautions. And... Um, this place here at North Star is really quiet and eerie. I don't like this feeling so much. Yeah. But one thing I did want to say is um, since since mom, since Teresa and I are both kind of committed to self-quarantining at the moment and have the ability to do that, because VCU has shut me down for my internship. So, you know, if we're not doing anything here, then both of us are pretty much working from home unless we get together to record something. So, right. Um, one of the things that, that we're kind of offering to do, uh, that makes it sound more generous than it really is. It's our job, really, um, is to get out content to you either via podcast or video. Um, that's something that we want to do during this time. So please take advantage of, um, take advantage isn't the right way to say it, but please, if there's something you've ever been wanting us to talk about that we haven't really been talking about, or if there's something we've talked about, but we didn't get to a specific point that you wanted to hear, please let us know. Send me an email, scott at northstarcommunity.com. If I don't respond, just send an email again and say like second request in the subject line. Um, And we will prioritize that for this time. We want to get stuff out to you. We know that like in a time like this, people kind of want to be hearing from their faith community. They want to be reminded of their inspired way of seeing. And so, um, yeah, we want to play a role in in getting stuff out to you, but um, help us figure out what that's going to be. Yes, and uh, please connect with us via our app, through our website, northstarcommunity.com. I will say Facebook. the app the app is is not, we're having problems with the app be far beyond my control, so let's not pub the app. Okay. Um, so Facebook is good, email is good. Delete all apps from your phone. Don't now. delete it, don't delete <laughs> it. I'm hoping that we can get it up and running. It's, it's, there's 
like I said, there's things that, that Apple and Google are doing that may make it not possible for us to have one anymore, but I'm hoping to get all that sorted out this week, okay. God willing. Great. But we still have a website and we still have Facebook. And um, so um, stay tuned, keep up, connect. Um, I know that many of us are choosing to have very limited access to social media, but when you get on for your 10 minutes a day, check us out. We may have links to things. Yeah, and we'll just be giving updates on um, yeah. and we'll be sitting where we're at with everything. Newsletters so. and stuff. Yeah, so. if you haven't been on our email list, this would be a good time to get on. Yeah, and we're, we're going to be busy pushing out new content because uh, our problems um, have not gone into quarantine and um, in fact, they're right there with us. So I think now is a really good time to to uh, address them and deal with them. Yep. So let's push past that. I think probably if you're tuning into this, you're tired of hearing about all that stuff. So let's dive right in. We've been doing this message series on building a new family. And as we've been stressing in the podcast that we have done so far that Recovery, as much as anything, is is often about figuring out what family is going to look like when you've had a major life change, right? Families are yep. often disrupted, whatever. We've done the whole spiel several times. And so we had a couple new ideas thrown out, you know, when I did the messages early in February. So um, those ideas are currently before Teresa on paper. And um, since we're doing a highlight reel... Where do we want to go? Well, uh, I know what Luke nine fifty seven through sixty two means, but do you want do you want to tell us? Do you remember what it was? Um, I do, but I mean, I don't have them. I don't have them memorized. So. Awkward. Well, let me let me. Uh, well, what's awkward is I should have had a Bible sitting next to me, and I don't, and I don't want to get up and hit the microphone. So why don't well, you pull it up on your phone? You just wait for me. In the meantime, how is my granddaughter? She is wonderful, uh, stir crazy. We've tried to take her on walks, but she doesn't like being in the stroller anymore because it's too confining. She likes my stroller because I let her stand up and hold her hands out like she's on the Titanic. Yeah. All right. So 57 through 62. Could I read it for us? Yeah, please. In my I was reading gonna, Mimi voice? Uh, maybe don't do that. Just read it in a regular voice. Do you know that Christian told me this week to please stop using such a fake voice when I was reading to him? That's funny. I was insulted that a three-year-old would say that to me. But he told his grandfather this week that he needed to shave, so. There you go. I'm in the better position. Yeah. So uh, this is um, a few verses, and uh, the title that was artificially placed on this by yeah, the just ignore that. translators. No, I don't like reading those. Just go uh, straight to the. Is, is not what I think should be, so exactly. we won't read it. Exactly. As they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. 
Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Yeah, I think that um, this is a very confounding passage. Um, And people often, when reading this, I think get confused about Jesus's intent. You know, it's a little hard to imagine not being allowed to, being considered unfaithful for not bearing a family member or something like that. Or for saying goodbye. Right. Um, And I think that what I tried to do is come up with three summaries of the statements that he was saying, because Jesus has this way of talking where it's very easy. He doesn't want to make it really easy on the listener to get the heart of what he's saying. Like he wants you to work for it a little bit. Right. It's not supposed to, the message isn't just supposed to be easy. Right. And so I think to the first man, what he's trying to say is my way of living doesn't even have basic comforts. I have no home or maybe even I'm not really welcome, you know? So uh, I know you're getting ready to go to the second point, but let me add on to your first, which your first summary was, you know, I don't even have basic comforts, right? Mm-hmm. So Kate Bowler, B-O-W-L-E-R, uh, is a professor at Duke Theological, whatever, and uh, she wrote a post recently entitled, We're on the Losing Team. And um, that's what the statement kind of reminds me of. It reminds me of the contrast between what Jesus is saying here and what a prosperity gospel minister might say, right? Well, you have to remember, like, always that in that day and age, people were still struggling. Well, I mean, in, in all day and ages, we struggle with it, but we struggle with the idea that faith means that you are going to be blessed. And so often blessed is associated with material things like having an, you know, having a nice house. Like in those, in that day and age, the rich people were the people that everybody thought God had blessed. Right. And um, I think more or less we've kind of grown out of that, although we still struggle with it to a bit, but struggle with it a bit. And what Jesus say, what Jesus is saying to the first man totally undermines that, right? Which is like a way of, a way of seeing based on God's principles might actually be really hard. It might not actually come with rewards that are very clear cut. They might not be material things. Like there's not a lot of comfort that is inherent to a life of faith. Right. And, um, so that's kind of what he's saying to man one. And then we'll, you know, maybe when we get all the summaries out of the way, we'll circle back and, and talk about, you know, what some of this means when we take it all together. And that to man two, who was the man who wanted to bury, um, you know, bury a family member, I think what the heart of Jesus is saying is not like, you don't get to say goodbye, you don't get to bury a family member. But what Jesus is saying is there's always reasons to start pursuing our certain way of seeing later. Right. And 
Yeah, I don't think it's meant to shame people who want to say goodbye to their family members or people who want to have burial ceremonies. I mean, that's been part of the Christian tradition since the beginning, right? It's not really about that. It's sort of about the um, which which um, which Mark Twain book is it? Like, um, is it is it in Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn or is it just a quote? You know. Don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today, or, or is his the joke? Don't do today what you can put off. Till don't do tomorrow. today what you can put off till tomorrow. Something like that. Yeah, Isn't that a Mark Twain thing? I don't know. No idea. I'm terrible at quotes, but um, or like I think about the Enneagram thing that Suzanne Stabile says right. about um, some people. We'll just say we won't do numbers, but about some people in this world believe that later is a point in time. Right. And she reminds us that it is not. Later is not a point in time. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at here too, which is like if you have a certain way of seeing, we don't really have the benefit of being able to pursue it later like it needs to be pursued now. Yeah. Um, And then the third man, I think he's the one that uh, wanted to go back and say goodbye to his family. mm Mm-hmm. What's the overall message that you see there? Because I think there's a plowing metaphor there too, isn't there? Yeah, I think what Jesus is saying is it's important to stick to a path once we're called to it. Yeah. Um, and I think if we step back from some of the triggering things that can happen when we're just looking at his words at, at face value, I think we end up with three ideas here that we would have a difficult time disagreeing with. Right. Like faith is not a comfortable life or faith doesn't provide us with comfort. Um, we can't afford to procrastinate our certain way of seeing, right? And once we've started pursuing a certain way of seeing, like we need to see it through. Right. Um, so, yeah. And I think, you know, I guess the question is, what does this have to do with family? And I think the idea is that, you know, true family is is a responsibility and it's really hard to do. I mean, I think it's uh, important that we talk about all the good things that come with building a new family. Like the, I think part of building a new family, uh, according to God's principles, is going to be creating a place where there's grace and mercy and forgiveness in abundance. And those are all wonderful things, but I think it's also a big responsibility and there's going to be an element to it that isn't comfortable. Um, There's going to be an element of urgency to it. Like we need this new family and we need it now. And once it's here, like we can't afford to abandon it. Right. And I think, you know, so this is kind of the, in my mind, this was... I like to do one, I guess when we do a series, I like to do kind of a bunch of positive type messages. And I like to do one that I see as being a real challenge. And this is one that I saw as being a real challenge. Like building a a new family is not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. Like it's, it's going to be hard work. It's like ask, it's actually asking something of us. Right. I think about, uh, I think about how often we um, consider the question, or it seems to me, that when I listen to people and listen to their stories, so often people are telling me um, 
the deficiencies um, and the shortcomings of their families. I'm trying to think how many times someone's come into my office and said to me, I'm really wrestling with my responsibility to my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually think that's a better question. You know, what's my responsibility to my family? Um, How do I show up for my family? And the answer to that could very well be that you don't have a responsibility to them depending on the circumstances. Absolutely. it's at least something worth wrestling with. Yeah. But I think it's a problem if no one ever wrestles with that question. Yeah, definitely. Um, And and that's, again, part of this, you know, uh, I think it fits in the hard message category. that I think you're covering in this about building a new family is, um, yeah, we need to be asking that question more. How, what am I, how am I contributing to the, to the uh, strengthening building up of this family? How am I contributing to a sense of connection among us? Um, and that's, that's really hard. Uh, sometimes to think about when we feel like family isn't showing up for us, not just in the ways we prefer, but in the ways we need. So I think we had in this message three points. Remember, um, uh, building a new family is hard, and sometimes it's not very comforting. Um, There are always reasons to... um, uh, procrastinate about living out our certain way of seeing. Um, we need to get going on that. And then finally, once we've made that decision, it's important to stick to the path once we're called to it. I think maybe if we could summarize all of that in one sentence, I think it, in terms of being a, a family, uh, whatever type of family it is we have, we need uh, to demonstrate our love now. Yeah. And we this is a very important time to be reaching out, connecting, loving one another, offering each other a lot of grace, giving a lot of permission for everybody to have all sorts of different feelings about um, living in a time of crisis, chaos, and confusion. Um, and you can put all that aside and love big now. Yeah. And um, connecting with people in love can really change them, change their circumstances, their outlook, their perspective, all of these things. And so even though it's really hard work and it becomes hard work to do over time because, you know, it's great when you have one moment where you've had a really profound connection, it feels really good. And then it might be months before you have another moment like that, you know, loving over the long haul, I think is really hard. And I think as we're unpacking this message in retrospect, that's one of the pieces that, that, that is really sticking with me now is the stick to it nature of what Jesus is saying. Like this is really important to stay to the path once we're on it. And um, I think it's easy to get distracted, you know, and and um, yeah, I think that, the work is so important that we can't afford to just go off, you know, when when it doesn't seem as exciting. Well, Dad and I were having this conversation last night. It was like, um, this is the time when you you lean into and continue on the path you set before. 
before you. And so that's what I would encourage people to do. Um, lean in and um, keep going. So um, we're praying for you out there. We hope you guys are praying for us. And uh, let's just keep pushing forward to build a new family together. Yep. Okay. Message number two that we're kind of doing this uh, combined podcast recap. You going to do a new intro? Well, normally you do the uh, emceeing here since it was my message, but I'll do it for us. Oh, so no, this no, was no. one I'll out of it. this was one out of Job. She's looking up the passage. I don't think we necessarily need to read the verses because we're all familiar with the Job story, but. Um, Job well, was somebody. Carry on with your own Job memorized self. I'm going to actually look at what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, Job, um, the verses that we read, and this was like the second weekend in February, not that it matters to any of you listening, but um, Job is basically talking about how difficult his life circumstances are in the aftermath of losing everything. And um, part of me hopes he is listening. Part of me hopes he isn't listening, but. Um, Eric Peters, our friend who uh, plays music, uh, who travels to play music here at North Star, sometimes lost his home um, a few weeks ago, I guess. Or I don't know how long it'll it'll go by the time I get this posted, but he strikes me as a very Job-like figure in many ways. And um, I actually bought a painting of his that was of Job um, at one point. And... Um, You know, it's it's not hard to imagine how despondent and, you know, kind of depressed a person can be when they've lost everything, right? Right. So he lost his home uh, in the na the recent Nashville tornado of 2020. Yeah. But I was talking just beyond him. Anybody, you know, it. We've, we probably all have had times where we felt like there's no hope, right? And I think that's kind of the place that Job is in. Uh, when he said the words, and we could have picked out any one of, you know, any one of passages from the 42 chapters of Job that would have worked for this message. But basically, he's just, he has said here um, how challenging his circumstances are. And he takes the opportunity to challenge God and to challenge his friends and to yeah. say he wishes he was dead and, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but I think the part, I guess, you know, it wasn't so much Job's words that we focused on the message, but God's response to Job. Right. Um, I don't know if you had anything you wanted to say about that to jump in since I've been monologuing. Well, I think, um, I think that, I think, dot, uh, I think, <laughs> I think, crazy as it sounds to say this, God certainly did a great job responding to Job ultimately in the book of Job. Um, but what I'm reminded of, uh, since I'm not God, but more than likely would play the role of one of Job's friends, who didn't do particularly well in the book, if uh, my memory serves me correctly, that the despairing words of a despairing man uh, are best uh, allowed to be like the wind, uh, spoken without... Um, necessarily addressing the solidity of every point or chastising or correcting or arguing. Uh, sometimes people 
who um, are completely overwhelmed just need to be well heard. Mm-hmm. And um, what I loved about um, this message in particular uh, is that God lets his creatures talk to him this way. Mm-hmm. And um, he's not angry or insecure, or freaked out about it. He doesn't demand respect. Um, he doesn't demand that Job correct his words. Um, he just figures out uh, when the time is right what Job needs for the moment. And so I think that's quite lovely. Yeah, and I don't even know, you know, I don't know, uh, I guess, I don't know if God's response is necessarily what Job felt like he needed in that moment, but it's it's all God was, hmm, how do we say this? I think that like, you know, when I was, a kid, I always thought that God's response to Job was really withholding, like he could have explained what was going on and chose not to. Okay. Okay. But um, I think now, like, what if, what if it's the case that, like, God is managing so much that he doesn't even have a, a clear-cut explanation for why what's happening is happening? I mean, I always read it as like um, God was being kind of snarky when I was, and because I guess this is how it was presented to me, but when I was a child, it was like God saying like, my ways are higher than your ways. You don't know anything. But like as an adult and I read it and I think about God being a compassionate and sympathetic God who's slow to anger, it's more like, you know, there's an awful lot that it takes to keep this thing going. Yeah. And um, it's such a weird thought. And actually, like, oh, oh boy, I'm having a strangely emotional reaction to this. Um, it's such an odd thought that, that like, God would be working hard. Like, I think we, we have this idea that, like, I wonder if this comes from the creation story. I don't know. I'll be curious to hear your thought on this. I know I'm rambling, but that's okay because I think— I hope it's going to go to an interesting place, but like God says, let there be light and there's light, right? And we think that like God just snaps his fingers and something happens. And maybe that story is a little bit misleading because I think what happens here in, in Job is God's explaining all of the hard work that he does, right? And does anybody ever consider the fact that keeping keeping all this mess going might be hard work? You know, and I'm not saying that to say like we need to have you know i'm not i'm not saying that we should suppress our concerns um because poor god has too much to do i'm not saying that at all but i'm just saying it's such an odd doesn't it seem does that seem like an odd or new thought to you that like man you know maybe god sometimes feels like he's got too much going on yeah i mean it is a very odd thought i i think this has been rolling around in your brain a lot because I've heard you mention it several times, but I I do think God has a lot going on. Um, and uh, what was that movie with Jim Carrey where the, uh, Bruce Almighty? Bruce Almighty, where mm-hmm. you get this image of I almost said God Almighty. I mean, 
the uh, the the file cabinets with all the prayer requests and everything popping out. Right. Bruce gets really overwhelmed, and um, it is kind of mind-boggling to think about a God who listens and all the people's prayers going up to him. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's just crazy to think about that. But that's really kind of what he says in Job. I've got a, re- I've got a lot going on. And, um, and in saying that, it's like um, at the same time, one of the things Job says a couple chapters. So we read from Job 19, right? Um, if that matters to you. We didn't read it in the podcast, but we read it on the weekend. I think it's roughly in Job 21 or 22 where he essentially says something like, I wanted to see God with the seeing of the eye and I want to hear God with the hearing of the ear, something like that. Mm-hmm. If you look at like a really like strict translation and so, you know, I had to write this paper on Job when I was in seminary, and I, and I think what I wrote about is, like, there's this huge, um, there's, a, there's a huge debate about, um, about some wording at the, at the end of Job, but about God being seen and heard and that kind of thing. And um, I think what I wrote about is, like, I don't, I don't think that it matters whether it's seeing or hearing or how we translate it. Like, I think that what Job is really asking for is like knowledge that God is here and that he's present. He wants God to show up and, and have that to be like so powerful that he can, that he can feel it, you know, that it's like seeing and hearing is like a sensory experience. Like, you know, for sure he's there and God gives that to him. You know, like God's response is is a little elusive, but like God is present. Like Job knows he's talking to God, right? He gets what he asked for. Right. He wanted God to show up. And he didn't really care. Once God showed up, it didn't matter to Job what God said or didn't say. It was the fact that he was there. Right. Right. That was a significant piece. And um and I think, you know, I bring this up because we're doing this series on family and I'm trying to imagine like God did not mind a challenge. Job has spent all this time challenging him, saying all this stuff. And Job is the only one who speaks what is right of God, according to God right. in Job. And God doesn't mind a challenge and he doesn't mind showing up for somebody in great pain when that person's been challenging him. Right. And what kind of family would result if people believed in a God who had the ego strength to deal with a challenge and still show up and be present for a person who was hurting, who was blaming you for their pain? Right. Um, to me, that is um, ultimately such a wonderfully loving image of God. Right. And I think that's the kind of love that we're called to imitate. And when we think about how hard it is to stick to faith over time, like we were just talking about a few minutes ago, like, I mean, that's the call, right? And and what we're dealing with here is a God who practices what he preaches. Right. I mean, this is a really hard, Job is probably a really hard person to love at this point in time. Right. Um, but all Job wanted to know is, is God really there? 
And when he is, Job says, you know what? I take back my challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes if we tie your last point from the last podcast, which was when you set out on this road, stay on it, right? No looking back. Keep that was on. in this podcast. Oh, so three points from the previous one. Well, we're all, they're all get. I don't know. If, oh, are you keeping, is this all one podcast? It's all getting released together. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Sorry, people. <laughs> Obviously, we think you have nothing to do but to listen for a really long time. No, it's a, but anyway, it's with, with that with that summary being said from the first uh, scripture that we looked at, um, I think building a new family um, is that kind of commitment. You don't just show up for the parties, right? Um, you also show up for the hard parts, and um, and you do it lovingly. Um, and there's limits of course there's limits we've talked about the limits before and we'll talk about them again we may not talk about them today but if you're sitting there wondering if there's limits or you've reached the end of your rope and and maybe this seems like you're being asked to do too much then just take comfort you know there's always limits but um so uh, next podcast, let's do the message that I did that is all about the limits. Okay. Uh, and so stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, but this is the hard message, the message that we're really asking you to lean into and consider doing more than you feel comfortable doing. Yeah. Um, reading a book, uh, lately I've been obsessed about how people change and all the research that leads into it. And there, it turns out that there's this sweet spot of discomfort, and you, you just need to be just a little bit um, uncomfortable and um, doing a little bit more than you feel comfortable doing. Mm. So uh, just a couple of percentage points more of discomfort. Yeah. And so try to be a little bit more uncomfortable. Not too uncomfortable, or else you'll you'll not be able to make the change, according to the researchers. That makes a lot of sense to me. A little bit more loving. <laughs> All right. Um, I have an appointment coming in here in a few minutes, so unfortunately we have to wrap up. Um, anything else that, that you wanted to get out? No, I just uh, really hope everybody is taking good care of themselves and each other. Yep, and um, one last reminder. Um, oh, well, I will say the music that you've heard on this podcast is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions. They can be found on the web at sessions.blue. Um, and what I will say in closing is that um, if you want us to cover topics that, you know, this podcast can extend beyond doing message recaps, especially during this time. So, um, if you have a topic you want us to cover or an idea, or you have a question, get that into us. Uh, my email is scott at northstarcommunity.com. Or if you can't remember that, just go to our website, northstarcommunity.com. And there's, you know, there's a click on the contact button. You can send me an email through the website but um yeah let us know what you want to hear from us on 
We are happy to do that. Get in questions, ideas, and topics, and we will we'll get to work on that. Um, so yeah, we want you to get. Uh, we still want you to get what you need from us uh, while we're all staying home. So. All so right. you got a recommendation for him? Uh, no, because like I said, I've got somebody coming in. So we I have gotta one. wrap up. I okay, have one. Make it quick. Uh, you binge watching TV? Watch the uh, watch the series Rectify. Okay. Rectify. Don't forget. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>